one of the most important things. It's going to vary by company, organization, whatever. The most important thing to understand when you're looking about what that thing needs to be is to look at your website and realize it's not about you. And as I realize when you're a marketing director, you're sitting down with your CEO, whatever, and the CEO is like, oh, we can tell them all how wonderful we are. And really, the reality is those people coming to the website for the first time don't give a crap about how wonderful you are. They're coming to the website because they have a problem or an issue to solve or something they are trying to do. And the reality is that that needs to be that first impression is to understand you're here for a reason and we're here to help you solve or achieve that reason. Hey guys, today I've got an awesome guest. His name is Ray Van Hilst, and he is the Director of Client Results of Yoko Co. What is Yoko Co? They do everything related to websites and building really engaging websites, developing content strategy, evolving your website, and also making sure that you get conversions on those websites. So he's a perfect guest to have on the show because we've been talking a lot about that in our recent episodes. And today we're going to cover things like, what should I have on my website? Why your homepage is actually not even that important. Okay. It's important, but what other pages are even more important and what should be on your homepage? We're going to talk about some SEO and how you show up. We're going to talk about what does it cost to build a really good website? And how do I even know if the firm I want to work with is any good? We're talking about all those good things. Ray is awesome. He's a super inventive soul. He's witty. He's super charismatic. You're going to hear that right when we start the interview. And he's got over 20 years of marketing experience with modern web principles with the goal of establishing a really advanced web presence of organizations that help build a better world. So if you are a company that wants to make a big impact, you're going to especially love what Ray shares with me today. So with that, enjoy the episode. Ray, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here with me today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we've got some good stuff to talk about. You're really awesome at getting good client results. You're good at empowering teams. There's so many good things you're good at. And we're going to talk about, (laughs) well, we're going to talk about those things today and particularly how your genius can help our listeners. So let's first talk about your experience with marketing and how you how you basically got into what you do today and how you how you help people make their marketing and their experiences better. So I have a background way, way long ago, if I'm going to go all the way back in marketing. And as I like to tell my clients, I've been doing marketing since uh, when people look at my headshot, they're going to get this. I've been doing marketing <laughs> not only since I had hair, it was a <laughs> mullet. So been doing this a while. And so I started in college doing marketing and advertising. And along the way, I actually fell in love with arts marketing. And I worked in performing arts for a while. actually worked for Ringling Brothers for a while. And then with Disney on Ice. And that was so fun. And that's really where I discovered the passion of how marketing can help people. And a little side story. I When I worked with Disney on Ice, which brings, if uh, 
pre-COVID days, you know, the ice shows would come to town and a lot of people, this was their opportunity to have that live Disney experience in Des Moines, Iowa or Dallas, Texas, et cetera. And I would be talking to my coworkers, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out as we're working so long. I was like, come with me. Come and we walk out in the arena and I would turn my back to the ice with them. And they're like, we're not watching the show. I'm like, you're right. Don't watch the show. <laughs> look up in the arena and look at that family with that li- those little kids who are so excited to see Mickey and Buzz Lightyear. And you've brought joy to them through your marketing and your work. And that impact just really stuck with me about why I did it. Yeah. And it, it worked every single time. I would take someone's burnt out. They're like, oh my God, I love my job. Yay. And so fast forward in my career, I, I went through that and went in regular marketing. Then I fell in love working with associations and doing a lot of work with associations because uh, if you think about it, there's literally an association for everything. I even belong to the association for associations, but these are organizations to make sure our food is safe or, you know, if you go, you know, that your doctors are well-trained and your nurses and they, they're very important and there's that positive impact that we're having in the world. And I had the pleasure of meeting Chris Yoko, who uh, runs Yoko CO. And our company motto is do good better. And it was just really a good opportunity to leverage our team of the clients we work with are making a positive difference in the world and use our marketing to help our clients do that work even better. So it's, it's a lot of fun to do that and to bring that expertise to bear for our clients and help them increase their impact through their marketing and their websites. I love that so much. And that's such a great story. I love that. And, you know, we talk a lot about how how it is that you make people feel after engaging with your product or services and it's it's it does become less about what is the thing that you're doing and more about what are the results and what's that transformation that they're feeling before they worked with you and now after mm-hmm. so i i love that story we're going to talk about a lot of good good things and just for everyone listening i have to tell you Ray and I tried to do this interview before and (laughs) we had some technical issues and it was such a bummer because there were so, so many good things. So I'm going to try to recreate some of that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to ask the right questions and I already know that you, you have the, the like amazing answers. So I'm going to try to try to remember a lot of those questions, but one of one of the big things, you know, we talk about marketing a lot on this show and we also talk about, you know, how do you get people excited to work with you? And oftentimes the first impression that they have is it's either an ad or and then it's going to your website. And we really have such a short amount of time to get people engaged with what you do and actually seeing some type of value that makes them, you know, have that feeling of being up in that audience, you know, looking down and feeling proud with your family, like having that good feeling of, I'm so glad I made this choice and really good marketing, I think gets people to, to feel what that after feels like by Mm -hmm. just that first engagement with you, like really seeing, oh, wow, if I work with this person or I buy that product, I'm going to get to have that feeling that I've been looking for, which is a number of of really good feelings. I'm going to get to feel like, oh my gosh, my business is doing awesome. Or, oh my gosh, I feel so healthy and fit or whatever those things are that they're searching for. So we had gotten into this conversation. There were so many good things. So I want to bring it up again. Let's talk about those first impressions, like for example, on, on a website, like what are the things that we should have 
on a website when somebody first goes there, because that is this first impression. They might've heard about you, but now they're getting more information. What should be on there? So I, I think the one of the most important things is going to vary by company, organization, whatever. The most important thing to understand when you're looking about what that thing needs to be is to look at your website and realize it's not about you. And as I realize when you're a marketing director, you're sitting down with your CEO, whatever, and the CEO is like, oh, we can tell them all how wonderful we are. And really, the reality is those people coming to the website for the first time don't give a crap about how wonderful you are. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm guys. Coming, <laughs> sorry. They're coming to the website because they have a problem or an issue to solve or something they are trying to do. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that that needs to be that first impression is to understand you're here for a reason and we're here to help you solve or achieve that reason. So I, I, I use a real, and, and my, my offshoot of that, by the way, we can come back to is the least important site, site, the least important page on your website is your homepage. Yeah. So I can, I can come back to that one. Definitely. But, so let, let's think about it. And, and it's funny that you were, you were using those words as I feel like you must have been looking over my shoulder earlier because I was literally working on a creative brief with someone and I start off with WIIFM statements. What's in it for me? When I work with X brand, I know that I will feel blank. I'll use a real world example. I've decided that I'm 50 years old. I no longer go running and doing the extreme sports that I used to in my youth. And so I'm going to go, I've decided my new hobby is going to be backpacking. And so I wish I'm, I want to start backpacking and I've been doing research and lo and behold, I've ended up on REI's website, which full disclosure, I'm already an REI customer and member of the REI co-op. So they get a lot of my money already. They're just going to get more of it now, but I'm reading these articles about like how to buy, like, so I'm like, how do I buy a backpack? Like I haven't had a backpack in 25, 30 years. Like what's in them now? How do I plan for food when I'm going backpacking. Here's, you know, the latest thing is, you know, in zero waste, like zero waste backpacking, you need to carry your waste out with you nowadays. You know, so these are like all questions I'm having. I'm like, what do I need to buy? Where do I go? And lo and behold, there's a blog post. There's an article with tips and stuff like that, that, oh, by the way, the bottom has a link over to the latest backpacks, the latest tents and stuff like that. Right. But they've answered my question just by having that information and being helpful and keeping me on the site and solving that and then personalizing that experience based on that content. So it starts with knowing who the people are that are coming to your site, defining that reason, and just being helpful. You know, help, help them move along another day or solve an issue as you, as you take a look at that. Yeah, exactly. So how so when you say that let's go back to now when you say the homepage is the least important page right now people are like what <laughs> that's where i tell people to go <laughs> exactly so it that's one of the things to think about in a and in, in marketing speak we call it a user journey through the website is to understand how someone's coming to the website so in my in my REI example I started off with a Google search. I ended up on an article that was buried deep in the blog or on an underlying page about backpacking. You know, it might be I'm looking for uh, a medicine or a doctor. You know, you Google that, you actually find the doctor's bio normally before you find the practice name. And so you click on that underlying page. 
So if the if the homepage is the least important page on the site, that actually means all the rest of the pages on your site are more important because that's the first impression. Right. So when someone lands on that page, it's like, did you answer the question of what brought them in? Do you adequately communicate your value proposition and why you're unique and what you're doing? And do you answer their question? And then what's really important is, do you offer a next step? We've been, you know, we do a lot of work with our clients and we say that every page must have a next step mm-hmm. in the journey and the discussion. So can you, is there a, and I, I also, in air quotes, I say, read my resources is not an action. You know, sign up for a newsletter, request a demo, make an appointment. That's an action. So do you have a next step for them to go to? Now, the reality is once they've done that, yeah, they're going to come back to the homepage. They're going to check out the homepage. And that needs to validate the experience of everything they've seen before. So that's when that becomes important. But it's typically, this, it, it should be the second or third page that someone takes a look at yeah. in your website. I love I love the next step idea. And I think that's so important to clarify because there is, you know, that the steps that are uninteresting and unappealing, <laughs> like mm-hmm. check out resources or this or that, if the more <laughs> the more clear it can be that actually makes them feel like they're taking a step closer to solving that problem is it's just like I, I always talk about things in forms of, you know, that hit that you get. It's like a dopamine hit. It's like, oh, I just got closer. And now I'm more engaged. And it's so important to have that because the worst thing is when you get people excited and then there's no action for them to take, or they're searching all around for what to do. And today's day, like nobody's doing that, right? They're just like, if it's not there, clear in front of me, I'm out. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and I think the important part to think of that is that action, by the way, particularly if you're a content driven site or you're, and if you're using content marketing as your tool, that action might be another piece of content. And that's another place to go back and take a look at the structure, what you're doing. And we use, when we're mapping out content with clients, we use what we call the conversation spectrum. We kind of flipped the whole, the in, the inbound methodology of top of funnel, middle, bottom, et cetera, into the, what the topics are about. And that goes from oblivious, curious, intrigued, invested, and then converted. So at the top level is like, you know, for oblivious might be, and back to my backpack example, I want something a little bit more strenuous that keeps me multi-days out there on the trail. What is there? Oh, there's backpacking. Oh, that sounds like an interesting hobby. Okay, so so let's read more about backpacking. What is that? So I've gone from oblivious to curious. And then, oh, okay, I'm kind of intrigued now. What kind of gear do I need for backpacking? And now I get that. And invested as I'm looking at the reviews of different backpacks and sleeping bags and then converted is put it in my cart and buy it. And that, that's a journey you can map for any, any purchase conversation as you go through. And as you look at the content in your site, do you have that content throughout that journey? And it might be something as complex as that, or it might be as, or as simple as that, but it might be as complex of, like I said, like buying software or an aircraft engine. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you fall into one of these categories. You're an entrepreneur, a small business owner an online marketer, or maybe an agency owner. I'm also guessing that you want new leads who are excited to buy from you. Am I right? Would you be excited to generate five new leads a day? 10, a hundred, maybe even hundreds. Do you even know where to begin to do that? Well, I can tell you this, it doesn't begin with wishing and waiting. 
but it does begin with a successful lead funnel. If you want to have an endless stream of hot leads coming into your pipeline, you'll want to check out the five-day lead challenge where you'll learn step-by-step the high-level strategy to generate leads on demand for your specific business. You'll learn how to build your lead magnet that attracts these leads to you in the coolest way I've seen yet. You'll also learn how to take these people and then turn them into your dream leads. You'll also learn how to follow up with them and how to launch this funnel without having to spend any money. Sounds pretty cool, right? Can I make it even cooler? Okay, here it goes. It's all free, all free. Yes, you can learn all of this for free. So if you're ready to get access to this free five-day challenge, head over to thedrawshop.com forward slash five-day. Thedrawshop.com forward slash the number five and day. See there. So now let's be honest, that can sound overwhelming to some people. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like, wait a minute, so now I have to have all these different funnels and different ways of communicating to people. And while we know, no, this is really going to work, how does somebody even execute on that when they're feeling like, oh my gosh, that's so much to do? Other than call us? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I was <gonna> say, probably. <laughs> probably. Start simple. Like you don't, you, you know, it's the preferable, we don't have to boil the ocean. Like let's start with one thing that you do and do well. And say like, okay, I'm going to build out a funnel for this one area and or a content map for this one thing. The trick, by the way, is, is also don't start at obvious and go to curate and, and go to converted. Do the reverse. Oh, like, okay. Start, because otherwise, like, so if you publish your obvious, your your oblivious and curious posts, and then when you're and you're like, okay, well, I've done my oblivious and curious. Oh, I don't have an intrigued post to send them to. Like train ends. So start with your, you know, start at the bottom of the funnel and work your way back up. And what you might actually find is you may end up with multiple content pieces that feed into other, into existing pieces to kind of like make that. But start off, start off with one thing for maybe like you have a product or a service that solves one issue, you know, build that one out, optimize it, see how it's working, and then move on to the next one. So Let's talk about somebody who's, you know, okay, this all sounds great. Probably need to do this. What, how do I, how do I know if I, if I am going to outsource to somebody like say your company to do this, what kind of, what am I looking at in terms of time and how do I even know, how do I vet a firm to make sure that they're actually good? Because I, 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 I can't even tell you how many times I've heard people that are on their like fourth rendition of a website or this person's now building funnels for me or whatever it is. And they've spent so much money over and over again to only then finally find the right, the right firm to work with. (laughs) And you're, you're, you're like, yeah, I know. Cause I'm laughing. I do that. Well, so there's so yeah, so there, there's a few different things and there's, let's also call the, you know, the elephant in the room is the tri- the typical strategy of what people go through in building a website of, oh my God, we need a new website. Get the budget approved. Yay, we got big budget. Hire a firm. Yay, we hired a firm. Spend a lot of money. Oh man, this is a slog. We built a website. You work for a few months. You launch the website. Yay, it's awesome. And then nothing happens. So you're like, <laughs> okay, new website's there. Like, are you still adding content to it? Are you still working with it? Are you looking at the analytics? 
How's everything going? And then about a year and a half, two years later, you're like, this website sucks. There's no leads coming in. How do we do that? We build a new website. And you start the whole cycle over and over. Which, by the way, you know, firms like us, we love that because you keep on coming back to us time after time. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Not really. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. What's really better is to say, first of all, have a strategy of knowing who your audiences are, what their pain points are, why they're coming in. And then over time, keep making progressive enhancements. Keep adding Instead of saying launching the website, like okay, we're going to launch with 45 pages of content, it's going to be perfect. How about launch with like 15? Yeah. And add a new page every single, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, a concept I'm working on with my clients is I call it content pacing of saying we're going to commit to creating this, adding this content to our website on this type of pace a new blog post, a new testimonial, or a new case study, or product page like but having a pace that you can maintain and base basically what you end up doing is you take that budget that you flushed twice with two different agencies and you're unsatisfied with and instead of doing it into those two big chunks you just spread it out over time and then by measuring with your analytics and going back and saying okay are we getting traffic are we getting conversions what are people looking at you can actually just make small course corrections as you go and get better results and probably save yourself a bunch of money and headache. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so back, so back to your question of how, how do you know, I think that, you know, the, the key things to look for is when you sit down with a partner, are they asking about like your business goals? What's your strategy? What's your marketplace? Is it mature? Where are your users coming from? What's your sales funnel look like? Do, so when you're sitting down with an agency, are they understanding that those kinds of pieces and then are they able to adequately translate that into actionable items? Yeah. So when someone's like, you know, well, you know, all of our sales are off of inbound leads. Well, you know, then, okay, then, you know, then do you really need like a, an aggressive outbound calling campaign or if you had like, you know, or, or the vice versa as you think through that. Sometimes a website is, it's sometimes it's fine for your website to just simply be a brochure because you have a good outbound sales call process. Right. But that's, you have to understand the process first. No, I think that's so important. I I know for myself, anytime I engage with any type of company, I love when they're asking questions. There's something also about asking the questions that makes you feel like, oh, they're, they're really invested in, mm-hmm. in getting me results. And it's just a, you just kind of, you become more engaged. So I think that's so true. Finding somebody who's really really asking all of those right questions and how it relates to the results you want to get. So of course, another question is like, how much should people, I know there's such a range of different businesses, but how, how much should people spend? Like when they're, when they're going to either redo a website or they're starting from scratch. Yeah. I actually looked at this conversation with a client the other day, cause I was, I was using a car examples and I was like, so do you want a Honda or a Maserati? Cause there's, you know, they both have four wheels and an engine. Yeah. But so I find it, it's really going it, to, it, it comes down to it depends. I, 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 I hate to say that. And, and that's the cop out answer. We do sites. So I, I'll qualify. Uh, our, our firm does most of our work in WordPress. And we find that our, for a typical B2B software company or a medium sized company, we're going to start in the 30 to 50,000 range. 
depending on, you know, do you need copywriting and things like that, up to if you're moving upstream into an enterprise, I've done enterprise CMS, uh, you know, design projects in the $200,000 range as well. That being said, like, you know, we also work, we've done them as low as like $12,000, $15,000. So your factors end up coming into that are, um, A, how much discovery can you do and and strategy work up front? So I, I joke that half of my job is, quote, marketing therapist. You know, I come in, I open up my marketing book, and everyone starts telling me their problems about why those things don't work, so on and so forth. But if a client can do a lot of that work up front and provide the strategy, you know, that cuts down on that. Look at your decision-making process. Benevolent dictatorships are wonderful things in web design projects. If you have a team that's empowered to make decisions, doesn't have to run it past every single person, you can keep down on the rounds of revisions, that's going to save you some money. And then look at your functionality and decide if you really need stuff. I get RFPs all the time. They're they're what I call kitchen sink RFPs, where someone read something and is like, oh, I must have this feature. I'm just like, really? You don't even know how to explain it properly. How are you going to use it? But you want me to build it in your website? So let's think through that. And that's one of those cases where building a base a base website that you can build on over time becomes really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk let's talk a little bit about SEO because I know you don't you guys don't just stop at building a website. I know there's a there's a ton that you do. But let's talk about SEO because we were talking about, you know, searching for searching for the problem that you have and then what shows up. So how, you know, how can people get themselves to show up in, in <laughs> SEO and also just being aware of how they do show up? Right. So I, I think one of the first things to keep in mind, and the, the SEO experts out there are going to skewer me for saying this, but if you're doing your job right and you're doing the thinking properly, you don't always need to like go out and hire an outside SEO firm. One of the things, and there's a quote I have in one of my presentations from Matt Cutts, who used to run the spam team at Google, and he made a statement that, you know, Google ultimately wants to find the best content. They're, all their algorithm algorithm tweaks are around optimizing to find the most relevant and best content. And in his presentation, he said, so even if you do brain dead, stupid things, we're going to try to find your content if it's relevant. So what that really comes down to is, you know, there's, there's a couple things of, A, make your content accessible. And that's where people call that technical SEO. We had a client come back to us one time. They, they'd actually gone to another firm because the other firm was cheaper. And they're like, our, rating, our rankings dropped. And they came back to us. And we looked and like, the other firm never took the robots TXT file off of your old of, off your dev site. So basically, they hid your site from Google. They're like, oh. So that's one of those examples. So you know, thinking about the technical pieces, like can Google index it? But then the next piece is really understanding, doing some keyword research and thinking about what terms people are searching for to ha- that they might even come into your site and then use those terms. So, you know, my backpacking example, I'm, I'm Googling backpacking and I'm finding up an REI's backpacking section. I'm not ending up in their whitewater kayaking section. That's a completely different search. So that's where you need to think about what terms people are doing but also think about the outsider terms. Remember I talked about how the conversation spectrum of oblivious. So every industry, every company has its own terms of jargon, whatever. 
I'll use as an example, uh, I used to be a whitewater raft guide and I, we'd say, man, that guy got surfed or he got chundered or that person got may tagged. That's a good one. Someone got may tagged. That doesn't mean they bought a washing machine while they're out whitewater rafting. That means they fell out of the boat and got tossed around in a rapid quite seriously. But that's a good example of jargon. So in that case, an article might be, what are the dangers of swimming and of falling out of the boat in whitewater rafting? You know, that thinking about those kinds of terms that someone may be searching for and then educate them on the on your jargon or your verbs and stuff like that, because that's going to bring those people in. Beyond that, then it's a matter Absolutely. of, yeah, beyond that, then it's a matter of, you know, building out a content strategy, having the content pages. And there's some nuances and things you can do around that with modern things, modern techniques. But that really, that that's really is where it starts. I love you, you had just said something that, that just made me remember, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when we're, when we're working with our clients, a lot of times people don't really realize the the stuff that they're saying that doesn't actually resonate with their audience. And these, a lot of times we have marketers that we're working with and they're genius at marketing. We're the same with our own company. There's, you know, things that we do really well for our clients. And then sometimes we're like, oh, shoot. But it's hard for us to see how other people see us because we're in it all the time. And so there's such a, no matter, even if you are a great marketer, having another great marketer or company look at what you do and Mm. can totally open up your mind. And you're like, holy crap, I didn't even realize that that's, that's what we offer people, that that's how, oh my gosh, I never would have thought to word it that way. So I loved how you, how you said that because it makes such a big difference. People spend so much money doing it one way because this is what we do. We sell insurance. No, no, no. There's so much more to it. (laughs) Exactly. I I actually have a no jargon rule in my meetings that if anyone throws out jargon, we stop the meeting and make the person explain it. And that's on both client side and my side. I, I, it's just, let's, let's not use these buzz phrases and words and jargon and stuff like that, because it's ultimately about something simple that we need to explain. Yep, exactly. Outside of going to another company, what's a, what's a way that somebody could overcome that challenge? What would you advise? Yeah. I, so first of all, I, I, and it's something that I've done over the years, to your point of like having that outside person, build a network of other marketers that you can call and talk to. I, there's nothing better than having a, a network of group of people that you chat with. Just like, does this sound right? You know, what's what do you think of this? And being able to pick up the phone or drop an email or a Slack message too. I think that as marketers, that that is a great example. And then you know, just looking at other industries as well is, is another piece. Uh, how is this being handled in another industry or in another company? Because there's there, there's a lot of things we come up come up across come across and that we try to do, but They've, these are problems that have been solved by other people before. So we can, we, we can not rip off. We can be inspired by how others have handled these challenges. Yeah, definitely. So true. Oh my gosh. So much, so much good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's funny. I, 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 I'm, I'm blessed because I've been doing this a while. To, I've got a core group of people that, that we connect with that I connect with on a regular basis. You know, I had a friend of mine call me up last week and her, uh, business development rep is like signed up no offense to HubSpot to qualify. I'm a HubSpot. Our company is a HubSpot partner. 
but her company has Salesforce. And she's like, my sales rep signed up for the HubSpot free CRM. Like, is that right? I was like, no. I was like, I know that you have Salesforce and Marketo. Like, I'm, I'm your agency. I helped you configure all this stuff. I was like, no, tell that guy to cancel that thing and use the tools you have. She's like, okay, you know, that was really helpful for her. I have a group of marketers I get together with every Tuesday night or on every Tuesday. It's actually a pseudo podcast called Marketers Drinking Beer. Um, and we share we share our marketing challenges of, you know, what are we working on and stuff like that. I think that network is really helpful to bounce ideas off of, talk through situations, make sure, you know, am I responding correctly? And having a diverse group of marketers you connect with really helps for that. Oh, Yeah. There's always room for learning and growing. And sometimes there's things that we already know, but you see it in a totally different light because you're with different people and they bring it up and, and have a certain mm-hmm. experience. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally seeing this in a different way. And, and now I know that I can implement this. Totally. Yeah. Well, Ray, there's so many good things here. And I know there's so much more that you do <laughs> at Yoko. Where, okay, we, where can people find more about you? And yeah. where can we send them to to find more about the company? So I'm actually really easy to find. I, the story I like to tell, I ran into a friend from high school. He's like, dude, I wonder whatever happened to you. And, you know, what you been up to? And I've been trying to find you. I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, seriously. I was like, dude, I was like, Google me. Google Ray Van Hilst. I'm the <laughs> only one in this country. There's five pages of search results for me. I'm easy to find. So, so that's the easy way for people to find me. Google Ray Van Hilst. You'll always find me. Note to my kids, I told them, don't, don't mess up online because I'm watching because there aren't that many of us and you have a unique name. So. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's a unique name. This, uh, uh, but our website is yokoco.com, uh, Y-O-K-O-C-O.com. Check us out and anyone's welcome to drop me an email, ray at yokoco.com. I like to say I'm pathologically helpful. I'll have a conversation with just about anyone to talk through their challenges. I love to love to help people out and, and talk through stuff. So, uh, you know, drop me an email, connect with me online. Link, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Check out our website and we have appropriate case studies and stuff like that there. So. Yeah, you. There's a ton of good stuff there, and you'll see all the other things that that they do. It's awesome, and of course, it's a beautiful website. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give full credit. Our creative director, Max Lawler, probably no, no, probably hands down the best creative director I've worked with in my career. He's just a genius and just really drove the direction of that, and and as he does with the rest of our client sites. So, oh, that's awesome. Love it. Well, Ray, thank you so much for joining me today. There's so many great takeaways and everything that he mentioned, we will make sure to have links to in the show notes. And I hope I get to talk to you again soon. This is so great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcast, where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.